0: I want to shift a little bit. I have a, I have a guest here that I would like to bring up to share right now. Um, I want you to just, she's going to bless us in a mighty way right now. I want you to welcome to the stage Shayna Wilson-Williams. All Right.
1: Welcome to those who are in the auditorium. Welcome to those who are listening online. Welcome to those who decide to come to church and they're on their way. Welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, Abba Father. Come and tabernacle with us, Lord. Welcome. It's a beautiful day. And it's another day for us to come and to give thanks to the Lord. And to show our love to Him. By worshipping Him. By praising Him. Praising Him. By magnifying His name. Because He is indeed good. For those who listen weekly, we just want to let you know we are here for you. If you need to be prayed for, you can reach out online, send us an email, call us. But we are here for you. we may walk in your destiny, that we may walk according to your will. All that we have, Lord, all the clusters in our life, we pray that you may burn and consume it, Lord God. Consume those idols in our lives, Lord God. Remove them. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you, to praise you, to magnify your name. Lord, you have allowed us another day, another day to praise you, Lord. We are alive just because of you. We are alive just because of your mercy. We are sane only because of you. We are able to walk around and breathe and move and have your being because of you, Lord. It is all because of you while we are standing. And so, Lord, we are grateful. We honor you. We praise you, Lord God, because of your faithfulness, because of your goodness, because of your grace. Lord, you are great. You are the great I am. King of majesty, we bow down and we worship you. We praise you, Lord God. We praise you and we honor you and we worship you and we rejoice. Even when things are not going our way, we rejoice because we know you are faithful. Because we know you are good. Because the plan that you have for us is to prosper us, to give us hope and to give us a future. Lord, we honor you, Lord. And we praise you. Lord. Come and have your way in the service. Let everything that we do is a, as according to you, Lord God. According to your will and according to your way. Cause us to walk into our destiny and be willing and able to honor you. In
2: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. One and all, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us right now, welcome to service. This is New Life Horizon Church, a church like no other. So many locations, so many members, so many people to thank, but we want to thank God, that God is good. Amen? So we're going to go into the offering, after the offering, then we're going to have announcements, scripture reading, and then right into the word. I know everybody's waiting eagerly to hear the word. So, as we go into the time of offering, there is a a scripture I want to read just to encourage us along the way of God's goodness and also to give you time to prepare. For those who are online, you can link us by PayPal and um, our email address is Min at gmail.com and also you can give drop us a line if you need a prayer request if you have any issues, any questions or anything about the service that you need to get some clarity on and if you can call or text us directly, you can text us at 469-333-0397 ok, let's get into it the reading is taken from Second Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 9, and also um, verse 10. So the idea, we're talking about offering time, and we're talking about seed. And um, if we understand what a seed is, um, the Lord gave us so much physical examples of seed. And He said, as, um, as it remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. So it is fair to say, if we plant a seed, we should expect an harvest. We should expect something, because God is good. Amen? So this is what he says in verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. And I'm reading from the NIV. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously, will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things at all times. Having all that you need. So that you will be abound in every good work. As it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. So we recognize that God not only gives us seed. He gives us seed to the sower. Those who want to sow into his kingdom. Because we have to recognize that we are not given unto man or to an establishment. We are given unto God. And so we saw the example of, of those who tried to tricked the man of God. They, they, t- they told that they were given a certain amount. But which was not, uh, but was, what wasn't true. They gave an amount that was right. Because they want to look as if they are good givers. Because previously others gave a certain amount and it was received with, with thanksgiving and joy into the house. It's said, wow, this couple gave sacrificially. So they saw, they saw that the giving was um, Was something that was celebrated. But then they tried to trick. As if they're trying to trick God. And the man of God said to them. Peter said to them. Why you try to deceive the Holy Spirit? So we recognize that we are not giving to a man. To an establishment. But we're giving back to God. Because God is the one that will bless. He said he will bless the hands hands that he has given us to work. And God is able to bless us abundantly. So that. Because he knows that we have need. He's saying that. He's going to take care of all our needs. So that we will abound in every good work. So whatever we do. We're going to be blessed. It's almost like an an insurance coverage. Knowing that if we do this. He's going to do that. So the exchange is also there. Remember when we go to a store. And we see an item that we want. In order to get the item. We have to physically put some money on the item if not we cannot walk out of the store Um, if we take it otherwise we'll have to report to the authorities so God knows in the earth there's things that he needs to give us physically and the things that he needs to give us physically he needs seed I know sometimes the church says says to the people for those who don't have to give God will bless you and I think it's kind of incorrect. Because God looked at the lady with two mites. The only two things that she had. And God said that she gave abundantly. Those who had to give, gave out the excess. But she gave what she had. And the Lord blessed it and the Lord saw it. So as we continue into the worship. Just remember that God is good. And He wants to bless us. And He wants to create an exchange into the earth. And how, how can He do that? He'll do it by giving us seed to sow. Whatever it is, He will give us seed to sow so that it can bring a an harvest. And we recognize if we sow a seed, it is not, it is fair to say that normally we won't see the harvest tomorrow. But He also loves a cheerful giver. So continue to worship with us. And for those who are online who as the Lord said, if you feel the, the, the option to give, you're, you're not under any compulsion. But if the Lord is speaking to your heart, you want to give and you want to join with us, you can do it by going to our PayPal account and it's newarisingmin at gmail.com. Continue to enjoy the worship, the worship. And after this, we're going to the announcements, the scripture reading and right into the word. Thank you.
3: that you've bestowed on us. We thank you God for the privilege of having means, God, so that we're able to come into your house and give unto you, Father, a portion of what you've given unto us. Father, I pray that you will bless us with generous hearts, God, as you continue to provide for us, God, we give thanks for those provisions. I pray mighty God that our, our giving this morning, God, will be used for the of your work. I pray for your direction, Father, over this offering. I pray, Lord, that it will be used for exactly the purpose that you intend. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to give back unto you. Thank you, God, for the many blessings you've bestowed upon us, God. Bless the rest of our worship, we pray, in Jesus' name. At New Life Horizon, we've got announcements this morning, and Hepzibah Online Evangelistic Ministries Home welcomes you to their annual life-changing retreat on July 4th to 6th, the topic of which is Abiding Presence Adorned with Christ. Come and experience God's presence in a new depth be robed in his righteousness, thus exalting him. Be sensitive to his mission for us, that of being his ambassadors. Expect to enjoy powerful worship and camaraderie. There will be several dynamic speakers who will usher us into deliverance and new insights into the Word of God. Also, New Life Horizon retreat in October. That's October 14th, 11th to the 14th in Cancun, Mexico. So be prepared to come and join us in retreat, both with Home and with New Life Horizon in July and October, respectively. Thank you.
0: Good morning, everyone. My name is Ava Green Cameron, and this morning we're going to be continuing what the Lord has laid upon my heart. Where we have been looking at the churches in Ephesus. The, sorry, the churches in Asia. We looked. We initially first we looked at Ephesus, then we looked at um, Smyrna, then we looked at Pergamum, then we looked at Thyatira, and today we'll be looking at Sardis. So. Let me just thank the Lord. Bow your head with me as I just give the Lord thanks for what you're going to be doing. Lord, we thank you that you are already here. Lord, you promise in your word that your word will accomplish that which it was sent out to accomplish. And so Lord, I know that you have a lot to say to us this morning. Lord, I pray that you will speak this morning through me. A vessel will surrender to you with clarity. Speak through me, Father God, so that persons will hear and choose to listen. Because the scripture says, for those who hear, for those who obey, God, you promise, God, that what the Spirit is saying to the church is that there will be a reward for those who listen and for those who obey. For those who have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches this morning. And so, Father, I offer myself as a vessel, as I said before. Speak through me, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, the scripture we're going to be looking at is Revelation 3, verse 1 to 6. And we're looking at Sardis, the dead church. I remember um, when I was younger I'm assuming I was under the age of 15 or maybe 12, under 12 I used to sleepwalk, and I would get up at night I'm told and I would walk, come out of the bed and I would walk and I would go through the door and I would turn the key in the door and I would go through the door and if someone was up and seeing me I would be just going and I'm sleeping literally sleeping and I am walking, walking, walking. And I remembered one particular night where I was walking and I, like I woke up just at the point where I got to the door. And I realized I was turning the keys involuntarily. I was asleep, but I woke up watching me turning the keys. And so I heard it was I heard them saying that this is what I, I did. But until I physically caught myself doing it, out of my bed, and I didn't know how I got out of my bed. And for this, this morning we hear the Lord is saying to the to the Church of Ephesus, "You're sleepwalking. Your society, I'm sorry, you're sleepwalking. You think you are alive, but you're dead. You think you're awake, but you're asleep." And so Sardis, we recognize, the the ancient capital of the Lydia monarchy. It was a wealthy city. Sardis was known for her riches, for her power, for the pleasure and luxurious living. They were greatly respected by the other surrounding cities in the ancient world. Actually, when you thought about money, you thought of Sardis. Sardis was the first city in Asia to have a a, a mint where the money was made and they also had a temple dedicated to this god called Sibel. She was the mother goddess who was honored and worshipped for all kinds of sexual immoralities and impurities. Sardis as you recognize was the fifth church that the letter was sent to from John on Patmos. Initially we looked at Revelation 1 and we saw that these messages or letters are the revelation of God sent to Jesus, who then in in turn sent them to the angels who brought it to John. And John is now given the, the, the responsibility of writing these messages or letters to the different churches, bishops, pastors, whatever they are, over these churches in these cities. Sadis so was approximately 30 miles southeast of the, the city of Fayatara and was situated at the junction of several important roads and trade ro- routes. It was strategically located on, fifth, uh, on, on, a, on a cliff on a plateau 1,500 feet high. No. <laughs> and on it they had uh, on, on that cliff there had three. Three, three cliffs surrounding that that area and on one side where they had um, it was low that you could walk in they had normally they would plant guards it was like a valley but what happened is that Sardis was so proud and overconfident of their natural defense they, they knew that we have three cliffs that was unclimbable. And the one area that wasn't unclimbable, they, they would periodically post guard, but they thought that no one knew that that area was, was, easy, was easy access. Because the other areas that were seen were at the cliffs, 1,500 feet high. Imagine, no one would want to waste the time to climb that. But despite having such protection, Sardis was conquered twice. Once by the Persian King Cyprus, who after 14 days camping out, wondering how do we get into the city. They noticed that a soldier was standing and his, and his helmet fell from his head and they saw him going down. And one of the soldiers from, from the Persian army watched him going down. And when he realized he went down and he picked up his, his, his helmet, he said, okay, that is a weak spot. And he went and he reported it to his, to his, to his, to his commander. And so the Persian army came out and they recognized that there was a weakness, there was a weak area in, this, in Sardis where they could get in and they went in and they conquered in 546 BC. Then again in, in, in 2, 218, well, roughly over 200 years later, the armies of Antichos the Great the Third conquered Sardis again. Their overconfidence in their natural defense system resulted in their city being easily conquered because they felt no need to keep a diligent watch on the south side which had no place to the church of Sardis Jesus identified himself he said as the one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars he said I am the one who holds the seven spirits I am the one who holds the seven stars This number seven uh, represents completion and and perfection. And the seven spirits of God is referenced to be the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son to the believer in John 7, 37, 39. In Isaiah 11, it is prophesied that the Messiah would come from the royal line of David and he would have the spirit of the Lord resting upon him. He would have the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and of power, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. In Revelation 1, 4, the, spirit, the seven spirits were before the throne. He was the one who is, the one who was, and the one who he was with. Sorry. So we see him with the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come, and we saw him with Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Right there and then, if you, if, you, if, you, if you can realize, they're the Trinity. The seven spirits, Jesus, the one, who the faithful witness, and the God, the Father, the one who is, was and is to come. In Revelation 4-5, the seven spirits were linked with the seven blazing lamps that are before the throne. And finally, in Revelation 5-6, the seven spirits are identified with having the seven eyes of the Lamb that were sent out into all the earth so imagine with me this morning when you arrive church and the pastor stands up and all the bishops stand up before the congregation with a letter saying we have a letter from John John the prophet the well-known prophet the man who everything that he said happened everything he prophesied came came into being and the pastor stood and he is opening the letter. Imagine the anticipation of the congregation as they wait to hear what is the message from God through John. Imagine those who are serving or busy in, involved in the church or they are waiting on his commendation. Because they would have heard what happened in Ephesus. They would have heard what happened in Smyrna. They would have heard what happened in Pergamon and in Thyatira. And now it is the, their time to receive this message. Imagine the commendation that they thought God would have had. Because they were a wealthy city. So imagine how when tithing off in time, there they, they was joy. Because they, they had an abundance. They gave not from lack, they gave from, from plenty. Imagine the building, the edifice. Imagine a well decorated and, and, and the structured architecture I just imagine the architecture of that building because if, when you have so much money in a church there's nothing, nothing lacking. There's no way, reason for you to pull back when you have all. They thought that they had all of these programs. They would have had the, the prison ministry, they would have married ministry, single ministry, they would have youth ministry, they would have elders board. they would have youth babies ministry, they would have every ministry known, whatever you need that church would have had. There was no lack. They would have had enough people to serve, they would have had enough persons to even pay if you don't want to serve for free. They had a good name and a reputation. In the area and they were known. Thinking about their prior breakfast, the spread that they would have had. Think about when they decided today we're going to feed the homeless. Listen, they'll be bringing sandwiches, they'll be rolling out food. So they had everything, everything they had. Something was always happening in a church like this. There wouldn't be a night that there wasn't a meeting. Even the elders would have had a night by themselves to meet. And they thought that God would have been Pleased with us But instead of receiving a commendation From Christ What the church received Was rebuke And they also received From God a prescribed remedy For them to correct It was like a warning Correct what you are doing And for those who correct He promised a reward And so this morning I want you to now open your Bible with me and let us go through the scriptures, Revelation 3, 1 to 6. It says, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and of the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. As with all the believers at all the churches realize that Jesus said to them, I know your deeds. He's saying, what is hidden and invisible to men is perfectly clear and known to me. I know your true condition. Regardless of how spiritual you may think you are or pretend to be, I know you because nothing is hidden from me. I know your motives. I know your heart. I know what you do out of duty as opposed to what you do from love. I know when you are pretentious and when you are real. But what is significant in this letter is that Jesus did not have anything to commend Sardis for. A church with so much wealth. A church who had, in in the eyes of everyone looking on, they had a good name and a good reputation. And Jesus is saying, I know your deeds. Your deeds are incomplete in my sight. And there is nothing that I can commend you for. Actually, you are known by the persons and the churches and and the people and the citizens around you as being a lie. But in my eyes, you are dead. I know that you think you are alive but to me you are dead so how can a church be alive or persons be alive in the eyes of some but in the eyes of God they are dead and when you stop and you think about it what does dead represent? Dead represents separation it is also separation from the, the spirit, separating from the body. It speaks of the discontinuation of life. But the church was a busy church. They had all the programs going on. They have all the activities. But Jesus was saying, yes, with all of what you were doing, you were just going through the motions. Like the Pharisees and the scribes, they knew how to pretend. But Jesus saw through their pretense and hypocrisy and saw them as empty, spiritless and dull. They portrayed a life of spiritual vitality but lacked God's presence and power. They were dead in their souls and in their worship and Jesus saw through their façade. They were known far and wide for their good name and reputation. But to Jesus they lacked the character that came from true spiritual maturity and growth. They were pleasure lovers and pleasure seekers. Who because of the seeking of pleasure and a and, and, and lust for pleasure. They were distracted from their quest for to serve God. They had a form of godliness according to 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, but they denied the power of God. They claimed to know God, but in their actions they denied Him according to Titus 1:16. They were dead in their transgressions according to Ephesians 2 verse 1. So unlike the churches of Smyrna, Ephesus, Pergamum, and Thyatira. They were not even being persecuted. This is one of the churches that Jesus kept saying to them, you are the others. He said, you, because you are being persecuted, hold on. You persevere. And he kept encouraging them, I see your affliction. But to the church of Sardis, everything was fine. But you know what that thought, taught me? If I am not being persecuted, I have, be, I have to watch it. If something is not happening in my life, it caused me to hold on to God's tale. Something is wrong. It mean, if I find myself too comfortable I have to start worrying The church of Sardis Was comfortable and overconfident. They were not In a threat to Satan's kingdom So he had no reason to persecute them Jesus said to them You are like whitewashed graves The church must have had many believers Think about it Think about an unbeliever going to a church like this Would not be even be convicted to change Because everything would have been done that you feel comfortable. For the unbeliever, death is separation from God and the absence of eternal life. But for the believer, death is like sleep, which is symbolic of being carnal. When you and I work from our own energy and our own resources, without depending on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are asleep. However, both situations can be remedied. So if you are dead because you are separated from Christ. Or if you are dead because you are a believer who is asleep. Jesus is giving them a remedy. He had given them a prescription this morning. And he says, wake up. Be watchful. He said, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished. Or incomplete in the sight of my God Remember therefore What you have received and heard Hold it fast and repent Or obey and repent This morning the prescription the Lord Is given, he says For the non-believer Today if you believe in your heart That Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth That Jesus is the risen Lord Your life can change your life can now change where you move from a place of being dead and separated from God to a place of having eternal life. But for the, for the believer, Andrew Murray, in the deeper Christian life, that Christian is carnally he or she has a little of the Holy Spirit and a great deal of flesh. If he allows the flesh to have so much power over him or her, or she gives away, gives way to strife, temper, envy, or self-will, self-confident and self-pleasing, she's carnal or he's carnal. And he suggests that a believer must take care of the carnal life by confessing. So in both situations, Jesus gave them a remedy. He said, if you are dead because you do not know me, I have a prescription I have a remedy for you take two doses of confession today take one tablet before meal take one for breakfast one for lunch one for dinner confess your sins to me believe in your heart that I am the risen Lord and your situation changes but for the believer he said you have to change from being carnal to becoming spiritual you and I are in the danger of death when we become self-willed and self-confident and self-centered every time that you and I try to live our lives our way or even try to create rules and bend rules compromise so that we can live the way we want to live Jesus is saying to us you are a seed. Show me a believer who thinks he or she can operate without the leading of the Holy Spirit and you have just revealed or identified a dead believer with a sleep and carnal. Show me a believer who seeks pleasure more than God and you have just identified someone with a sleep. Show me a believer who compromises what God is saying and turns it for their own for their own benefit and you have just identified someone who is not awake do you have equally a good name and reputation with your friends and with Jesus or is there a discrepancy does your friend see you one way and Jesus see you another way because if there is that discrepancy we have to work on it Someone with a sleep can be awakened. And Jesus is saying to them, wake up. Be watchful. Be alert. And for those who are dozing off, he says, no, 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 stay awake. There's a phase of slumber that we go through when we are motionless. If you sit in a play position for three, four days, even a day, and 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 do not move, they guarantee you're gonna fall asleep. I was sleeping and walking and felt that I was sleeping, but my family saw me walking. My eyes closed, but I'm walking. The congregation inside this was in a phase of slumber and they needed to be awakened. They had everything that money could buy and they were confident imagine the pleasures they are all but their relationship with God was dead because they did not put their confidence in him their confidence was in what they had all of us, you and I this morning if we honestly think we put our confidence in something or someone so what is your confidence based on? is your confidence based on your ability is it based on your looks your education, your wealth and even for us who live in Texas or in those areas that you're allowed to carry a firearm is your confidence based in your firearm I remember having a dream this week Wednesday night and I dreamt that I was walking with a couple that I know I visited Jamaica and I was walking with a couple I know and I saw three guys coming down the road and I said to the couple, cause we were there talking from church after church right on sunset until it started becoming dark. And I said to them, Three guys are coming down the road, we need to move. We actually I thought we would go into the car and the, and the husband said, No, we're gonna start we're gonna walk up, we're not afraid. He said, I'm not afraid because my wife has the thing. And I thought about it when I got up because when I looked in the dream what she had, she had something like a sling. Sheet, it was like a, a necklace, like a string with a pendant on it, and she was there swinging it. And his confidence was based on what his wife had. His confidence coming out of church wasn't based on God. And so I had a conversation with them, with not them, but there were three persons in the dream, and I had a conversation with one of them. And she said to me that your dream is so dead on. His confidence is in me. It's not that he's trying to get to know God on his own or try to do. His confidence is built on me being the, the spiritual one. And this morning God is saying that in, his, in the dream he's depending on the sling thing that she's swinging in her hand. That for him is the power. And for some person they are depending on the, on, on the burglar bars. Some persons are dependent upon their firearm or their their alarm system. And God is saying, no, your confidence must be in me. Some persons are even confident in the amount of scriptures they know. And they say, you know, what? I know it. I can have a scripture. I remember in class when we we, we did an assignment, a professor gave us an assignment. And this girl, he gave her a, a clearly she never got the grade she wanted. And she said to us, she said, well she's an American so she never spoke Jamaican she said "Um, if I ever pray to the Lord for him you see so she was so confident that if she went to God for, for him he would have been so sorry not recognizing that this is also a believer because she never got the grade she wanted so she felt that she had something that he never had and she can go and pray to God against him because he never gave her the grade so our confidence are based on other things. We, some of us, sometimes would believe that because we are saved, we can live anyway. That's our confidence. Where I am saved. Or I go to church, or I go to that church, or I, or I do that, or I throw my tithe on my offering, or I'm a giver. Whatever your confidence is. Or your confidence maybe you know what, I don't sin the way that person sinned. I don't do that particular sin. And Jesus is saying to you this morning, "What is your confidence based on? Because anything other than Him, Jesus, you are carnal, you are asleep, and you are dead. The church in it was sleeping for far too long, long enough that it was presumed to be they were presumed to be dead." But if you are sitting in a position or if you are doing something over and over and over and you are not getting a result, clearly God is saying you are dead. And I have to think about us at New Life this morning. In what way are we asleep? In what way am I asleep? And God is saying to me, I have a prescription for you. Wake up. The church inside it was physically doing ministry. Spiritually they were inactive because in God's eyes their deeds were incomplete. They were weighed and found wanted. Are you physically serving but in the eyes of God your deeds are incomplete? Are you motionless because you and I need to wake up from our spiritual slumber? Then he says to them in verse 3, Remember story in verse 2 strengthen what remains and is about to die to strengthen is to reinforce so if you are in construction you reinforce a column or you reinforce a building by using ply boards and props and keeping it in place until it becomes strong enough to hold itself but to to strengthen also means to nourish Nourish. because if someone is sick or someone is weak you nourish them back to health to strengthen them But I realize that every time something needs to be strengthened, it begins in the mind. Because you can eat every day, and if your mind is not healthy, you're not healthy. So some of the ways that we can reinforce ourselves, that Jesus is saying to us, strengthen yourself. We can reinforce ourselves in our relationship with God by carving out time in our busy day to diligently seek Him and to spend time with Him in prayer. And I'm realizing more and more that I get older in my relationship with God That prayer is not only about me telling him what I want to tell him Actually, this year the Lord told, showed me Or opened my eyes to see That sitting down and reading what we call devotion And sitting down and reading and singing and praying Sometimes we don't even meet him Because we walk away not even hearing him speak And he says to me, when you sit down to speak to me, it is important that you hear me. Either through the word or for me to put an impression on your heart of what I am saying. And he's saying, carve out time not only to talk to me, but to hear me. Show gratitude even in the times of trials and even as I thought about that I remember this song that says count your blessings and name them one by one I remember when I went to Jamaica last year well two years ago because time is flying and I saw my daughter going out in the sun and she sat in the sun because it was dual purpose she wanted to get her vitamin D and she sat in the sun in the the center of the the, 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 on a little, little chair and she sat around a little table and she sat there and she wrote and When I spoke to her and found out what she was doing, she said, Mommy, this this is my moment of gratitude. I spend one hour every day writing down things why I'm grateful. I hope that she's continuing it. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Because when we stop, I realize that every time I stop and I think about the good thing that I have, what I don't have pales. Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings and see what God has done Count your blessings, name them one by one And I'm sure that you'll agree with me this morning That God has done far more for you than the trials that you have faced Another way that we can reinforce or strengthen what remains in us and is about to die By growing in the knowledge of our Lord through careful study and meditation on the word. Because there's one thing to read the word, there's another thing to study the word and to meditate. Meditating on the word is like the code. they say you chew it, you sit, you, you look at a word, you read a scripture and for the day you just mull over it and you apply it to your life. It's like I was saying to a friend of mine yesterday, not yesterday, Friday. I said to her, for every time I am supposed to share from my word, it's like the word become life for me. It's like I literally start living it. It beat me. It taught me. It revealed me. It does bring up everything that is bad in me and say, "This, is, this, this is what you are." And so, when I look at the dead church or the sleeping church inside service, I have to look at the Lord. In what way am I sleeping? Reveal to me what I am doing. That is is ineffective in your eyes Reveal to me where my reputation And my name Though others may look at me one way In your eyes I am being seen differently But another way we can strengthen our relationship in Christ Is by putting our trust in him rather than in ourselves You and I will never earn enough money To pay for all that God has done for us you and I will never earn enough money because most of us are struggling to have money. We want more money. but if we have more money, we wouldn't work. And if we have more money, we would tour the world. And if we have more money, but guess what? You can, have more, you can have money and no health. And money cannot buy health. When I spoke to my niece, I, I mean, she keep blowing my mind. For every day I speak to her, I said to her, Marsha, how are you? And she said, Auntie, I am good. Auntie, I'm not worrying you know, because Jesus is with me. Oh, God. And I said, God. And I said to my mother, I said, my mother, if you feel down, call Marsha. Admitted in the hospital, waiting on the, what the, the, for them to do what they think need to be done for her health, for her healing. And she's saying, Auntie, I'm not worrying, auntie, to Joseph, Jesus is with me, auntie, the doctor wants me to worry, but I'm not worrying, you know, auntie. And you hear the confidence in a God, you hear the confidence in a new believer, someone who just gave her life to the Lord. And she's confident that her God will deliver and that he will heal. Money is not what Marshall needs this morning. She may have bills that she needs to pay, yes. But I can guarantee that is not the forefront of our mind. Or the forefront of our mind is God heal me so that I can go back and, be, and look after my daughter. I can go back and I can live. We reinforce our relationship with God by becoming watchful. Because in Ephesians 5.16 it says the days are evil. We're actually closer to the time I remember growing up and hearing my grandmother say to me that Jesus is coming back. And I remember in my 20s, I said, but my grandmother has been telling me this from a child, where is he? But I can guarantee you that at the age of 50 that I stand here, he's 50 years closer to coming back than he was when I was born. We reinforce our relationship with God by checking ourselves. I've had to come to that conclusion that I am going to give up certain movies and it's not because the, the, the movies in and of themselves are bad but I, I stopped watching seasons. I stopped watching movies or TV shows that are seasons because one season and it's one episode to the next and anything you don't even want it like in five seconds and you start to flash and you can't even move. And the other one starts. And, the other, and you spend hours watching seasons. And I realized I could have spent that time with God. I could have spent, spent that time even in a conversation with somebody else. Either encouraging or allowing myself to be encouraged. I could be reading a book. I could be reading the word. I could be doing so much. I could be out there meeting people on the road. I could have drive out and just go on the road and just walk. And just talk to everybody I see. And I don't have to be talking about anything in particular, but just having a conversation. And the lady said to me, she said, just ask this specific person where you meet them. How are you? She said, everybody wants to talk about themselves. So we reinforce our relationship by checking what we watch, what we read and what we do. Um, everything that I do, is it aiding my spiritual growth? At the end of the day, will it make me a better person? At the end of the day, will my character be developed through what I'm watching? And yes, there's sometimes you watch a movie and something that's great comes out of it and you hear the Lord speak you to it. There's another way we can nourish and reinforce ourselves is by being in love and in fellowship with other believers speaking to people as the, as the scripture says iron sharpens iron so you're around people where every time you have a conversation you can guarantee you can walk away feeling yes Jesus though I may not be, be initially be in that mode because I had that conversation I now can rejoice then he says to them in verse 3 remember what you have received and heard Hold it fast and repent. There's a need for you and I to repent, to remember. Remember what we were taught. Remember when you came to know Christ, how you trusted Him. I remember when I came to know Christ. Oh my God, I remember even the day I got baptized, I was just so ready to die. I felt like if I died, no, I would have made it into heaven. I was so ready to die. I remember when there was nobody, nothing could have stopped me. I was so bold, I would tell everybody about Christ and I never cared what they thought about me. And Jesus is saying to us, remember. Remember what you received, that boldness that you received when the Holy Spirit came upon you. Remember what you heard because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach you or remind you everything, of everything that was taught. When lots of you ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, of what it felt like when you first met Jesus when lot of you ask the Holy Spirit to remind me dear Lord the songwriter says roll back the curtains and remind me dear Lord remind me of from where you brought me from oh I had a conversation again Friday night with a friend and we sat down and we reminisce about when, when we just got saved and how we did this, the different things we did because I she knew all the things I did then and we were just talking and she said oh girl, God is such a forgiving God He saves you He keeps you and He sends you I want you to ask me to roll back the curtain just in case that you have amnesia. I will roll back the curtain and show you where I brought you from. To where you are now. And I also can reveal where you could have been if I didn't move you. And when I think about my life, I shudder what I could have been doing. Because I wasn't an ordinary unbeliever. If the boundary could push, I would push it. Because there's something I just never had conviction over or about. Some ways that you were convicted, I was just never convicted. And I could do things that you may have never have done or could never have done. But Jesus had a plan for me and he says to me, let me show you what you could have been. Let me show you that the prostitute on the street, you could have been that way if it wasn't for me. And prostitution is not only going on the street and fanning a car. Prostitution is having Tom and Dick and Harry... And moving from one bed to the next bed to the next bed. Without any remorse. Because you know what we would say? Oh your relationship didn't work out. And I moved on. And God is saying let me show you what you could have been. If I didn't come in and save you. So this morning we are asking the Lord. Lord just roll back the curtains. Roll back the curtains and let me see what I could have been. If you did not come and rescue me. Let me see all that I would have lost. And never would have had. When I hear my daughter. Talk about mommy and say mommy you are getting so mature. My daughter telling me that I am maturing. And when I think about that. And I say oh my God. If Jesus did not touch me. What will my daughter be saying. Because I will be doing everything. Then he says. I can remind you but I want you also to obey me and repent and repentance is a turning away from the thing that I am currently doing or that is allowing the Lord to turn me because it's a surrender it's a place of surrender because you can repent with all your mind you can say everything because Jesus' the scripture says, they, 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 they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far. So you can say everything, you can say, Lord, I'm sorry, but your heart is not sorry. But repenting is allowing God to turn you. Allow Him to turn your way and turn your back to Him. And then He said, but if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. But those who are still asleep, even when Jesus is saying, I have the remedy, I have the prescription, I am telling you, I am revealing to you, I am reminding you of where you are, I am telling you where you are. If you choose to remain asleep, I will come like a thief, and I will judge you. When a thief is coming, he does not send out notice. Hello? I'm coming to visit you at 9 30 tonight. There's nothing like that. The thief comes in when you are so unaware, when you are at the most comfortable. He comes and he robs you and he violates you because he, he violates your space. When my house was broken into, and I remember when I went to Jamaica because my house has been broken into too many times. And I remember when I went home, and because I, 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 I flew out the evening and apparently they watched me. And when I got to New York, my neighbor, I got a call from my neighbor saying, your house was broken into. And I made some calls and got some person to go and secure it from my Because what they did, they used a, to, sh- to show you how comfortable he was, he used a, 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 a pry mm-hmm. and he broke the burglar bar. And he went in. And he took everything from my drawer and he turned them on the ground. And when I went home and I just saw everything on the ground, I felt so violated. I, didn't, I couldn't even wear the clothes. I wanted to wash them first because I could imagine him going through them and touching them. It does he not being on the ground was my problem. He went through them and he, he took away the little jewelry that, gold jewelry that I had. I just felt so violated. He saw me and he watched me and when I was the least aware because I'm on the plane going and Jesus is saying I will come like a thief when you are least aware when you are comfortable and think actually the scripture says it will be like in the days of Noah when people are drinking and eating and marrying and everything and it's going to come and for some of us it may not even be that long because for me judgment begins the moment that my, I am physically dead because then there is no repentance and Jesus is saying, if you do not wake up, I will come and I will judge you. But he, he, he didn't leave it there. He didn't only, he didn't only rebuke them and, then, and give them a prescription to get better. He now then makes a promise because Jesus has a way of faithfully promising and rewarding those who remain faithful to him. And then he said in verse 4, yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white before they are worthy. So we saw that even in the midst of all of this that was going on inside Sardis, there was a few that remained faithful. That remained conscious and remained as a God. Even in the midst of everything that is happening, with all the pompous living and the pleasure and luxurious living, I am choosing to hold fast to you. I am choosing not to give him, but to remain faithful. And Jesus says to the one who is, who, who is, who is victorious in verse 5: "I will be dressed in white. For the overcoming believer, and for those who did not defile themselves by remaining faithful, Jesus says to, to them: I will personally reward you. Actually, not only will I reward you by allowing you to wear, wear white, showing that you, you are spotless. But I will, I will never blot, that's a promise, he said, I will never blot out your name from the book of life. And then guess what? He will acknowledge you. He will go before his father and he will say, this one is mine, this one is mine, this one is mine. And he will boast before his father and his the, and the, and the angels to say, this one is mine. Jesus is saying, Whoever is here this morning, let him hear and respond. The city of Sardis under the Roman rule in the first century after Christ possessed a glimmer of former greatness. And when you look back at Sardis, Sardis is no longer the same. Actually, they lost their authority because Pergamum was the, the demand for, for, for civilization they could not have met. And although they felt like they had this defense system with the clips in place, what remains are just buildings, which are just monuments of the past, artists. They had a name and a reputation for being alive. But Jesus was saying, they are dead. What will your end be? Will you be seeing as Jesus had one that he come before his father and he was and he said, this is my daughter. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Will he acknowledge you? Will he be be, 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 be confident to say, this is my daughter? She overcame. She faithfully stood the test of time. This is my son who despite what the challenges and the trials were or that came against him, he remained faithful, not compromising. He remained faithful by carving out time to spend with me and to know me so that he can live running after me, God. Or will your name be blotted out of the book of life? This morning the scripture read by Anne, Psalms 118, 17 says, I will not die but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Is that your confession this morning. I will not sleep when there is work to be done. I will not sleep, but will remain awake and alert to proclaim what the Lord has done. What is the Lord saying to you this morning? Is He calling you to to be awakened, or is He saying to you you are dead and you need to come alive? I remember hearing a story of this pastor who one Sunday on morning on his way to church felt like the Lord said to him, do not go to church this morning, but go up into Beverly Hills in the bush. And he called this church and he said, he said it was a, such a strange thing because he was already with the message to preach. And he called ahead and he said, I'm not coming to church this morning. Somebody else has to take the word. And he went up to Beverly Hills and he passed and he said when he passed, he felt that like the Lord started saying to him, go up, keep going. And he went up until he got to a cave, the entrance of a cave. And the Lord said to him, start preaching. And so he said he did praise and worship, he did offering, he did everything that would have been done in the church. He did announcements, he did everything I if it was a church service and it was him and him alone. I think it was over 20 years he went to a pastor's conference at Stadium and he was sitting around a table and he heard this other pastor testifying and he said, you know what, you know why I got saved? One day I went and I robbed a place and I ran up to Beverly Hills in a cave and I was hiding (laughs) and I heard a man in, come up there and the man started to preach and the man I'm saying what well, this man crazy the man preached and the man preached and the man preached and the man did offer call and the man did offering and the man did everything and he said I gave my life to the Lord that day. Imagine that pastor sitting around that table and hearing that this what I did was not in vain. Many times what we're doing and the Lord reminded me of that this morning. Is that like you said to me, you may feel that you are not growing at any rate. You may feel that every Sunday you come and you do the same thing over and over and over. But you don't know who is hearing. You don't know who is responding to me on the airwave. You don't even know which one of your neighbors is hearing it. And is responding to me. And so I'm saying to you this morning Wherever you are And it may feel as if what you're doing is not making sense Jesus is saying to you this morning Do not fall into that place of slumber But keep moving Keep doing Keep moving Keep doing Keep bringing my name and exalting my name Wherever you are It may look as if you're doing nothing You're sending out messages You're sending to people and nobody's responding He's saying keep doing you're sharing the love of Christ with others. And for every person you go to, they're turning you down. He says, keep going. Actually, my husband keeps reminding me about this man that we saw at um HM H Mart standing at the door giving out the flyers. If he gave out a hundred, I'm guaranteed that eighty turning down. But who knows what that twenty. Will do because if 20 people reach 20, if you and I, if every day or every week of our life we choose to reach out to one, by the end of the year it will be 52 persons we would have spoken to. And who knows of the 52 how many will say yes to the Lord? But if you're not speaking, if you're not sharing, nobody can hear. The scripture says, but how can they hear? If we are not saved, then how can they hear if we do not go? And Jesus is saying to you this morning, awake from your slumber. Awake from your comfort. Awake from that overconfidence that you have, that yes, I am saved. And that's enough. Oh Lord, and that's enough. The song said, he saved me, that's enough. Keeps me, that's enough. No, Jesus is saying, that's not enough. After I have saved you, I have saved you so that you can go and do what good works. I have saved you so that you can be my mouthpiece, you can be my hands, you can be my feet. Are you asleep this morning? Are you dead? Or are you awake? Because Jesus is saying to, speaking to us this morning. And wherever you are, he's saying something that is specific to you. The same way he was unique in the way he addressed each church. He's unique in the way he's addressing you. Because none of us are the same. He's saying to us this morning, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. I know where you are strong I know where you are weak I know where you are confident I know where you lack confidence I know where you are secure I know where you are insecure I know what you are doing I know what you, you think you, you think I know I don't know what you are doing I see you and I know your thoughts are our deeds coming up incomplete before him or can he commend us and say good work keep going don't give up Yes, trials are going to come, but keep going. Don't give up. I remember yesterday listening to a, a, a pastor preach. I don't know why I even went to, to YouTube to, to look at it. I just was on YouTube looking at the songs for tomorrow. And he came to my mind. I said, let me look at the message. And there came a message. And the message he was speaking, he says, If you can hear God's voice clearly, And even when you cannot understand what he's telling you to do, how you're to do it, he said, you need to go. You need to move. You need to keep moving. I said, okay. So you hear it, but you don't understand it. Because God is not requiring for us to understand. Because actually, when we understand, we don't walk by faith. He's saying, for every step you take, you take it out of faith in me. Trust me. Trust me that I have a plan for you. Trust me that when I designed you and chose you and predestined you, I had a plan for you that only you can fulfill. And so what is Jesus saying to us this morning? If you are dead and you don't know him, you you have yet to say to him, Father, I believe that you are the Son of God. You are yet to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ. This morning is a day. This morning you are given an opportunity to arise from the dead. No longer will you be dead men walking. And if you are asleep, He's saying to you, wake up from your slumber. Be alert. Get up. Because I have things that I want you to do, that in your minds I make no sense, but unless you do part, step one, you can't go on to step two. And so this week, even as I prepared this message, I knew from last year God was telling me to have a retreat this year. And every month I put, it off, I put it off, I put it off, I put it off, I put it off, and I put it off. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, you are asleep. Wake up. Did I not call you to do retreats? Did I not call you to, because to... even when, when, when I remember the Lord telling me about the retreat, He said to me, do not be concerned about who will come. Because I'm saying, God, where am I going to get people from to take to Mexico? do not be concerned about who is going to come I will bring who needs to be there don't be concerned because the natural tendency is okay fine sit and say who can I tell who will I tell and he says no 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 no. you don't be concerned about that you plan it and you put it out there and let me do the rest actually he reminded me how I went to retreats that I didn't know anyone I just went online I felt like doing a retreat and I'll just go and say research retreats and i just apply and i go, not knowing anyone. He said, if you do it, there are many like you who will just say, retreat, I need a retreat. I need to rest. I need to hear from God at this point. And he said, I will do it. You don't worry. So wake up. And I woke up. I went and I booked the hotel. <laughs> and I booked, actually the date he gave me, I didn't even realize it was a holiday. I didn't even realize that October 14th was Columbus Day and so when he said to me October 12 weekend I didn't under, have a clue even I went to a meeting and we talking and a lady said oh what are you doing for Columbus weekend I said Columbus weekend when is that she said October 14th is the day and but that weekend and then I said oh my God I'm supposed to be doing a retreat and so God is saying to, to, to you and he's still speaking to me wake up wake up Strengthen what remains in you. Reinforce. Nourish your things. Remember, you did retreat before 2014, the first retreat. You did not have a clue. 2015, 2016 retreat, you did not have a clue. Wake up is not about you. What is he saying to you this morning? Because if we do not wake up, he said, I will come like a thief and I will judge you. So, Father, I thank you for your word this morning, which never ceases to amaze me. Your word comes, Lord, and like a, a double-edged sword, it goes into my heart and it rips at my inside. And I know, Lord, you call all of us to different things. For me, you may say retreat. For some you may say go and make soap. For some you may say go. And bake. For some, you may say, go and cook. For some, you may say, go and tell everybody on the road about me. For some, Lord, there are different things you have called all of us to. Because, Lord, you have gifted us differently, uniquely. I say, Lord, I don't know what you're saying to everyone. But I know what you're saying to me. Wake up. Wake up from your slumber. And strengthen what remains. Straighten, Strengthen what you mean And is about to die Because if you do not wake up Sleep turns to death That's what you're saying If you do not wake up Lord that's what you're saying Sleep turns to death And Lord I do not want to Physically not or spiritually Die without fulfilling what you have Called me and chosen me And predestined me to do And so Lord, remind me. Remind those who are listening to my voice this morning. Where you brought them from. How difficult it was where they were initially. And where you now have them. And what it could have been if you didn't bring them thus far. Yes, even through the trials and the hardships. You have caused us to overcome. Actually, Lord, you shared with me. You said, how can you be victorious if there's nothing to gain victory over? How can you be an overcomer if there's nothing for you to overcome? But Lord, thank you for the promise this morning of being robed in white. Robed in righteousness. Robed as one is worthy. Not because we are worthy, but because you made us worthy. And so, Father, I just bless your name this morning. May, thank you for not forgetting us. Thank you for warning us this morning. Thank you for even giving us a prescription of how to change from where we are to where we need to be. Do not remain where you are, but strengthen what is about to die. Remember what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. And so Father, I just bless your people this morning. I bless them this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I bless you this morning that your needing trough will not be empty. I bless you this morning that you will walk in the land of the Spirit spiritually living I bless you this morning that wherever you are whatever situation you are faced with this morning that you will have the confidence in God and not in yourself not in your doctor not in your bank account not in your education not in your ability but in the one who is able to do that which no one else can do yes yes You may be known by others. Because you may have made a name for yourself. But God is saying. I know you. I see you. And I have a plan for you. So I bless you each this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord call his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you. And grant you his peace. So go today knowing that you have a choice either to remain dead, asleep, or to be awakened. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.